0: That ball hit deep, that ball way back, stretch, stretch, he jumps, and makes the catch,
1: go! That ball hit high and deep, way back,
0: way back, and hit that quite out of here, God-gibber. Welcome go! to Burlers Hurlers, I'm your host Dan, and we're joined by other host Don, Today we're going to be talking about spring training to start. We're about two weeks in, three weeks in. We've had some games. Well, are they games? We could probably start there, Don, on the, the mercy rule. What do you think about that?
1: Well, first I want to say that um, this is such a weird time to be a Sox fan for me specifically because usually it's about this time when the Bulls are horrible, tune them out, I'm a huge Illini basketball fan. Usually they're terrible. Now Illini just won the Big Ten Championship one seed. It's like the first time in my entire adult life where Sox spring training isn't the most important thing. Where I'm, it's not like pitch by pitch, at-bat by at-bat. And it must. this must be like what other sports fans feel like. Where they don't root for four horrible teams one's sometimes good so it's exciting and I hope that the Sox are kind of good this year too it's tough for you I know the Illini are awesome and DePaul just fired their coach so you know, not.
0: yeah not the experiences let's, we're having. let's start the podcast <laughs> off by going straight into college basketball well, let's,
1: do, let's do DePaul basketball
0: <laughs> let's do a quick NCAA five yeah I don't even know why you've got fired I just saw a text that he got fired I gotta oh, look yeah. into that like I thought, we just resigned him a couple of years ago. But I don't I know, like, dude.
1: Yeah, but for the Sox, it's um. I think in years past, I would have been much more frustrated about this rule change. I'm like, can you even call it a rule change? Like the giving this, giving up on innings, like just ending them with two outs. I think I would have been so much more pissed in previous years when I had zero other sports things going on. But to be honest, this one, now, I don't mind. Like, it makes sense for me. Oh, if a pitcher goes 25 pitches, and you only wanted them one inning, yeah, just, like, end it. Turn over the inning. Like, what do you think? Does this upset you?
0: I think in the first week it did, but totally cooled down, just because, like you're saying, there's other things going on. that More and more games come... You know, are actually played without it. I think there was just a bunch of them that happened for the Sox where it was like directly related to the outcome. It was the start of spring training. You want to see wins. You want to see, you know, how the Sox batters do with runners in scoring position. It's like, nope, the inning's over. So it just seems weird. And I guess where the Sox are, you know, with their record, it doesn't even matter at this point. It's all about, how individuals are doing so really you can just take away the wins and losses and i'm fine with that because that's how you should look at spring training i think the Sox have had years where they win a lot of games in spring training then they're awful so it it just formalizes the outcome does not matter we're just watching them train
1: well i know people are also like really upset at the idea that like there's paying fans there. These people spent their money. They deserve to see a game. But you've actually been to Sox spring training. And in my mind, like, am, am I wrong to assume that if you're going to a spring training game, you're not, like, hoping the Sox win. It's it's You're outside. You're watching baseball. There's a few guys you want to see that game. You know, maybe you're hoping for, like, your mean Mercedes to hit a couple homers or something. But the idea of, like, a Sox winner in spring training, is that important as a paying fan last year?
0: It wasn't for me because it was all about escaping Chicago. It's nice baseball right. sitting around everything you just said. And it, the outcome does not matter. So when they say the pain fans, that, that's all the heat of the moment thing where it's like, oh, we're, we're losing these games. It's like, well, you could have lost a lot worse because it's like the team isn't putting their best effort towards winning yeah. any spring training game if they were the pitchers would be pitching six innings, you know, it, it is an exhibition. So like I, I think people think i cooled off a- real, real, real cool on that because oh, yeah. it's just, it's, it's spring training. Let's just see some at bats.
1: Like the anger seems to assume that there's like paying fans who, when an inning turns over prematurely, they're like throwing their head on the ground. They're like ripping up the program. Like they just lost a bet at the horse track like, these people don't exist. No one's flying to Phoenix and like, oh, man, I hope the Sox have a three-game winning streak. No <laughs> one in the world is doing
0: that. No, no. Not, not a you're...
1: single person in the universe, like, has ever paid attention to the outcome of a spring training game.
0: No. You're rooting for a few selected bats. At exactly. Best. So, I think we're good with it now that, you know, reality sets in. Oh, yeah. So, Let's start with any standouts. Let's just jump right to the things that we care most about. For me, standout is Andrew Vaughn, performing oh, yeah. pretty well, getting a lot of at-bats, and good good returns pretty much across the board. So I'm excited for Andrew Vaughn having a really good spring. It's kind of proving front office right a little bit. We're not in... The regular season, these aren't major league at-bats, but it, it looks good. What do you think, Conbon? He's
1: Yeah, like spring training stats generally don't matter. I mean, guys are pretty open about, like pitchers are pretty open about the fact, you know, that I might just be working on my fastball and changeup. I'm not even going to throw my breaking ball. So, like, is it really fair to assess the hitter if the pitcher like, saying I'm only two pitches? Or batters will be like, you know, this game I'm really only focusing on identifying outside pitches as they come in off speed, whatever but that, it does matter for guys trying to make a team, like Andrew Vaughn is trying to make a team, so he's going up there every time, like trying to impress and he is, like there. This, this is a guy who, I know he's a first run pick, a lot of question marks, he hasn't played above A ball, and he's probably gonna start at DH for a team that wants to win the World Series like he had to come out and be good right away and he's been really good he's been really really good so i was actually looking at stats like more walks than strikeouts that's that's honestly like the thing I care about most as a baseball fan Same. Like the who more walks than strikeouts i don't care what else you do that tells me you're like probably a star because <laughs> yeah science, we never have like a Braille Hill of like 30 walks and 100 strikeouts 10 minutes like we don't have someone who's just working the count like that holes type, like prof- not saying Andrew Vaughn pooh Pujols, but that professional hitter who's just every at bat is meaningful. Yeah, I, I've been so impressed by him.
0: The walks are big because, like you're saying, we we don't have a lot of guys who take pitches other than yawn and really you want him to be more aggressive this year. Same get with Grandal.
1: To, Grandal yeah. too, like he'll take his walks, but like not aggressive. So for a guy to Balance just both. even
0: to be average at it
1: exactly.
0: is a bonus. Exactly. So that stood out to me as well. Just surprising. It's like, oh, okay. So he's not. He's watching the zone. He, he's he's been good. He's been my number one. Who's someone that's been impressive for you?
1: Oh, I was gonna go the opposite direction. <laughs> like someone I was just like, oh boy, this is not working out. All right. I think I think I, I texted you as it was happening when um. Zach Birdie was pitching the other day.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Like, I think I've been very hopeful about him the last year. Like, oh, this kid throws 101. Maybe he's not a closer, but wow. Imagine him in the setup. He looks awful this spring. Like, so, so bad. The fastball, like, velocity's a little down. It's those meatballs. Sliders are everywhere. Like, that sucks. The first-round draft pick just is a disaster that's horrible was that Without, a
0: 2018 pick
1: that was 2016 i think, I think 2016 him, okay him and zach collins were both first round draft picks in the same year and that was like right before we started rebuilding so horrible timing like these two prospects neither of whom are any good at all just whiffed and then we started rebuilding with a horrible farm system so It's just, yeah, as bad as Zach Birdie has been, he represents like a larger failure that I would like to not remind myself of. So it's just a kind of a dual bummer there.
0: That almost seems like a different team ago. Zach Collins and Zach Birdie are like the last remnants of, I don't, some people think Zach Collins is really good. I don't know why, like people have a lot of stock in him, in the Sox fan base. You hear his name a lot, but... He's I'm ready to guy. move on from both of those guys. He's the type like that's the future. future.
1: Yeah. We've been putting our eggs in Zach Collins type baskets for decades. Just these big, beefy guys who really suck and don't do anything and aren't good and will never be good. But we convince ourselves that they'll be good. And I think I'm, yeah one year ago I've been like, oh, Zach Collins, bright future. I think I'm with you. I think I'm over Zach Collins. I know he's had a kind of a nice little spring. I think I'm over him.
0: He's gonna be on the roster, so Yeah. <laughs> he'll get he'll get a shot, but I'm just not hopeful on either of them. Birdie's less of a bummer to me. Like we have so many good pitchers that it would almost be greedy to want another good pitcher. Like the the bullpen is already solid. That's like my number, like the number two or three things I want to say about spring training is pretty much everyone who has to be good has been good, especially with the pitching, like birdies a throw in.
1: True. I mean like present day, sure. But if you look back 2016, it's weird to take a college reliever in the first round anyway. Like, he, was, he didn't even start. He was, like, a college closer. And you take a guy like that, a college closer, thinking he will be in the big leagues immediately. Like, that's a guy, maybe one year in the minors, then he's ready to contribute. And now it's, like, four years later and still nothing. So that's why it's a bummer. I thought, like, oh, this this year, after COVID, he made his major league debut. Maybe he, like, worked on stuff over the off season, ready to just, like, dominate spring training. And it was... He looked horrible. I'm trying to think of like other... Uh, oh, another guy who sucked. I, I have like a list. All
0: right, you go... I'll go a guy who's good and you go with two guys who are bad. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good system.
1: Did you... I, I loved uh LaRu- the way Larusa set up the Rodon versus Reynaldo pitching uh duel. Not duel, I guess competition. Where he was open about this is a real competition. I I want to see both of these guys. I don't haven't don't make my I haven't made my mind up yet. It's Rodon versus Lopez for the last spot, and he put him in the same day. Lopez would start, Rodon would come in relief, and Lopez sucked and gave up like two homers. Just got mm-hmm. shelled, and Rodon was like he was fine. He was like good, not great. But if we're talking about guys who are trying to make the team, spring training isn't practice for them. Like they need to be good that is an opportunity that Reynaldo flushed on the toilet in his first opportunity. He looked so bad.
0: He's not a good pitcher. Like I'm totally ready to move on from Reynaldo and all the articles, you know, posturing it as Rodon versus Reynaldo. Reynaldo has to win the job outright. Rodon can coast or even be bad, but if they're both bad, It's going to Rodon. You think so? It has to. Like they signed you you brought this up, you know, you're the you're the Rodon beat writer for this podcast. Oh yeah. So you're always keeping us up to date on it. (laughs) He was signed with the intention of starting pitcher or bust. I mean, that's been said in a few articles that I've read. It's like, yeah, they said I was gonna get a shot at starting pitcher that that's what happened here. Cause you said there'd be other deals like that. Yeah. Well, we gave him that deal apparently. So it has to be him as the first choice in a all parts equal discussion. So Ronaldo has to be better. I mean, do I don't think he's capable of that. So I, I already see this as a road on lock.
1: I kind of do too. And I like updated my list of, well, who's making the team. And if you pencil in Rodon in the starting rotation, there's literally no room for Rinaldo to be a reliever. He's going to AAA or maybe even released. Like, I don't know. Because if Rodon's number five, Cease is number four, then the bullpen is already set. There's literally not even a single open spot. The bullpen, and we went over this last uh, episode. The bullpen, Liam Hendricks closer, Aaron Bummer. Evan Marshall, Matt Foster, Cody Hoyer, and then La Russa said Crochet and Kopech are both making the team as relievers. So that right there, bullpen set, and that's not even including Jace Fry, who they said would be out until like May 1st. So in a month, he's, there's going to be another decision. Like who do you send down to AAA again? Maybe there'll be injury, who knows. But yeah, Rinaldo, Birdie, very disappointing. Not that I had high hopes necessarily that, oh, they're going to be on the All-Star team this year. Just a huge bummer that given a huge opportunity to make the team, neither of them did anything with it so far. Anyone else you liked? Not, I mean, hasn't been horrible.
0: Someone I've loved is Lance Lynn. Absolutely performing eight innings, 12 strikeouts, eight walks. Not great, but zero earned runs. He's been dominant. I know it's spring training, but. Him and Geo. I mean, it kind of who's been good is the rest of the pitching staff that we need to be good. Oh, Toledo, yeah. Marshall, Hoyer. They there's been a lot of good. So and they Cease looks good. Excited today. about yeah. Cease looks good. So some of the guys that we were like rooting for are stinking, and Reynaldo is being Reynaldo. I don't even view that as a terrible thing. Like I think we're in real good shape pitching wise
1: that new uh the new pitching coach too yeah so optimistic I, I don't know if you caught that uh don cooper interview a few days ago
0: kind of no, like his exit not.
1: interview uh i read like a transcript i think he was on the score or something um but they were asking him like so what do you think you know being let go by a team that you've been around for like 25 years and he still seemed kind of confused why he was let go it was like, you know, well, I put had a lot of loyalty to them. I don't I don't fault them for uh, letting me go, but, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to still be there. He didn't really offer anything of, like, yeah, here's specific pitchers that, that I worked with. Like, here's why I should still have a job. Here's what I'm really proud of. It's just like, oh, I don't know. I spent half my life there. It would have been nice to still be there. And it, I thought that was so telling that, like, he doesn't really even seem to care about the pitching coach job. He just liked having a job. In this uh, Ethan Katz guy, oh my god, he's like already shortened Dylan Cease's arm motion. He's like already working with kopeck and crochet, like to do mechanical stuff. Like we have a real pitching coach for the first time in our adult lives. Cooper's been here for over twenty years. It's crazy. So as exciting as some of these pitchers are, like. We might not even be optimistic enough, if that makes sense. Like, I know it's tempting to think, like, Cease, if he puts it all together, can be an all-star. I mean, what if he wins, like, 19 games this year with, like, a 3.0 ERA? What if Kopech is awesome out of the bullpen? What if Gigolito takes another step up and just, like, wins Cy Young? There's, like, another end to this where, like, we're cautiously optimistic. But we can be phenomenal with an actual pitching coach who isn't 70 and bored.
0: It's amazing how, in such a short period of time, that the new pitching coach has been here. There have been like articles and multiple quotes about like actionable advice and techniques that they're using, as opposed to the era before it, the Don Cooper era, where, you know, it's like, oh, we're working on it or we're trying to add a new pitch. It's like, okay well that's just you know grip it's like this he seems like way more professional and oh yeah almost like a sports science type of guy as opposed to i don't know an old pitching coach from the. i don't know don cooper's background but it just seems like this guy brings another level of professionalism and like message that didn't exist before and it's it's exciting across the board because a lot of the a lot of young pitchers. I mean, they're still, you know, moldable, and there's some older pitchers who can add their perspective. It's it's an exciting, exciting chapter in the pitching because, I mean, there was just that, you know, damning article about how horrible Sox pitching. Uh, oh God! Like development has been in this era of, of baseball. It's like the worst.
1: Like every other team in the sport has been spending millions of dollars each year setting up this like fancy equipment that analyzes like the spin of the baseball the the flight path like NASA physicist type stuff and we're the only team in baseball where we just have this 70-year-old New Yorker's like "well why don't you try throwing a cutter?" like what every other every other team in baseball if you haven't heard this article has Developed their pitchers by increasing Velocity. They they draft Pitchers, they bring them through the minors And all of their pitchers are able to Throw harder. The Sox Were the only team in baseball where Their pitchers lost velocity (laughs) In development So, I think You're right. Like, this isn't just about the younger pitchers Think about all our, like Mid-tier veteran guys Who have never had a real pitching coach What if Rodon, after all these years This is the one year where it's like, oh I can actually start putting stuff together because in that, one of the articles you mentioned, Ethan Katz, uh, I think within like a day of working with Rodan, he was like, you have to use your lower half more. You're all arms right now. And it was like an immediate actionable step. And Rodan was like, Oh yeah, this is so much better. And this is simple coaching stuff that he just hasn't had in the White Sox organization. So there's a chance this staff is unbelievably good, which is so exciting because we're already good.
0: All right, I was on mute there. I'll edit that part <laughs> out. Uh, so I think we did a good uh, surprise, bad surprise, bad surprise, surprise sandwich there. Um, any other spring training notes you wanted to hit on? I've got a few, but.
1: Well, yeah, I. There was. One. Let me look for Matt. Yeah. So what do you think about uh Moncada? Because I thought he it was like an important spring training for him to show that COVID still isn't affecting him. Like, how does he look to you? Are you like confident going into the regular season? Do you still have concerns? He, he's to me like the most important question mark still.
0: I have concerns just because he came. He couldn't throw a ball. For yeah. a couple, like a week or so, and you know, I th- is he in the field now or is he still DHing? He's in the field. Okay, I've kind of been out of it the last two or three days on spring training, but I don't know. I, I have the same sort of general concerns you have about Vaughn with with Mankata. Like it's spring, we, we don't know, and he's already been tired, so I, I'm hesitant. I'm I'm looking forward to the year if he had. It it, 2020 was such a horrible year for him that it can only be better. So I think he's doing the right things, but we'll see. Once the regular season starts whole new question, you know, they're playing every day. They're playing nine innings. It's we'll see. Give me, I'll answer the question in May. How does that sound?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll set a timer to six weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like to, he has said he feels better. He feels a hundred percent. Um, and I'm I'm not one of those people who sees athletes like living their personal lives and be like, oh, they should be practicing more. But it will be a bad look after he came up with that music video. He started his music career. You know, whatever. That's great. Good for him. It will be a very bad look if he sucks again. It's like okay, this is like two lost years from Moncada. And now he's like starting his music career. I won't be one of these people, but people will like dog him all year long for that. Like, why can't he spend more time in the batting cage? Why can't you do this? So, I think it's a, it's such an important year for him. I really want him to have a good spring, and he is having like an okay spring. I just want him to come out in April and just hit like nine homers, hit three seventy. You know, one of those really really hot starts.
0: And because Eric makes... type start. Yeah. Where he's Babe it, Ruth for two months.
1: Oh yeah, and people are doing like Sports Center will have those graphics like Yoan on pace for 112 homers. <laughs> like, has anyone ever enjoyed those stats? Guys, two home runs opening day. Whoa! Oh he's yeah, like twenty. It's awful.
0: It. Everyone loves that. You know, if you just <laughs> multiply one number by the number of games remaining. Yeah, thrilling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And The sports center has been doing this our entire lives. Every single opening day, if someone hits two home runs, you will see a graphic saying, "This guy's on pace for three hundred and twenty homers." It's so ridiculous.
0: All right, um, another spring training topic. Tony Larusa, I I know, you know, there was a lot of hubbub about the signing. But I, I think he's been pretty good in spring training like as far as his quotes and the lineups we've been seeing, how people – like the schedule for the pitchers. And I don't, I've, I've been a fan of how he's been running camp. What do you think?
1: I have been pleasantly surprised because I just assumed that he would come into spring training – bat Moncada ninth because he dyed his hair like benched Tim Anderson just make Adam Eaton team captain I thought he would just do all this like weird vaguely racist stuff and he hasn't done that so to me I guess that's like okay hey, good for you Larissa. so you're like a normal manager so he he's avoided insane stuff been pretty normal I think he realizes like as eh, a good team like I'm not really gonna I don't need to be this like huge vocal personality. Like we're gonna win a lot of games, so I've been pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, I like how he squared off uh, Rodon and Ronaldo. Like I thought that was smart. He, yeah, he did that early. Like they said that that was the competition for the fifth spot, and said Kopech is going to be a reliever before Kopech pitched in spring training. Like if yeah. they set that out early. I thought that was smart.
1: Crochet too. Like, I, other managers probably would have gone to spring training and just said, "It's an open competition." Kopech, Crochet, Cease, Rodan, Lopez. Two of you are going to make the rotation. Three, you aren't. And I think I wanted that originally, but I could see how this has value, especially for Kopech, especially for Crochet. You're not getting their hopes up now. They can like train as a reliever specifically, rather than like. Build up their arm, build up their arm, build up their arm. And be like, oh, now you're pitching once every three days for an inning. Like, oh, God damn it. So nice job, LaRusso, with the pitching so far. I still yeah. do expect some vaguely racist, problematic stuff down the line. You know, if Tim Anderson uh, doesn't run full speed to first, he'll bench him and it'll be a news story. Not looking forward to that, but for now it's good. <laughs>
0: So you'd think if Eaton didn't run to first base, he would it, not get benched. Because that's what would have to happen. The,
1: oh, man. The, yeah. That's the scandal. Like, if we're predicting 2021 scandals, it's going to be Eaton, dugs at the first, no consequences. Eaton, <laughs> dugs at the first on the pop-up pop and gets benched. That's oh That's like God. May 15th. That's going to happen.
0: I don't know if I want to live in that world. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, we signed up for it, but I'm positive on just his quotes and what he's done so far. I'm a fan.
1: I mean, I guess it's easy to forget, like, with all the controversy around him and how pissed off people were. This guy was a big league manager for 30 years. He knows what he's doing. So, like, just spring training stuff, like, this is such a walk in the park for him. We're expecting these, like, dumb old-school decisions. Like, he knows what he's doing, so... I guess that's on me for just assuming he would be a, a nut job, but yeah, pleasantly surprised, LaRusso. I'm gonna crack open a beer right here, so uh, bam. Yeah, I okay. get that.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> solid. Is that this a beer doesn't answer? have a
1: name; it just it just says lager on it. There's no brand.
0: You're just drinking unmarked beer. What alley yeah. did you find that in? Dude, drive it was at by the park,
1: just on, on top of a hill, warm can. <laughs> yeah,
0: beer. <laughs> <laughs> not poison for sure oh man
1: wait speaking of beer we we didn't plan for this but i got a question for you mm. uh, now that lightfoot announced there's going to be fans back in the stadium let's say you go back this summer go to your first game what's your beer and food choice so you're walking in maybe 20 minutes before the game where are you going you haven't seen a baseball game in over a year what are you drinking? What are you eating?
0: Good question. I'm probably gonna head over to the craft beer, not the cave. Not not I'm not in for all that. Just yeah. looking for an Oberon 16 ounce can. And what am I eating? What inning is it? Are we sitting down or is this the dinner meal?
1: Oh man, that's a because so, I'm going
0: a, hot dog before the first inning. Obviously. Right. Hot so, dog yeah. beer before the game even starts.
1: I guess I didn't even clarify because that's assumed. You're having a hot dog and you're having a yeah, beer before okay. the game starts.
0: Yeah. Because if it's oh. one, I'm probably gonna go hot dog just because, you know, it's like, all right, all right, hot dog.
1: Yeah. But let's say but like fifth inning, you know. Fifth fourth, inning. Yeah. What are you getting?
0: Cuban sandwich in the Oh, you
1: go with the Cuban?
0: Is that the third base side out the yeah. outfield there?
1: Mini Minosa's like Cuban hut or whatever it's called.
0: I don't think it's called that, but
1: <laughs> I mean it is now. So
0: <laughs> true. The, that's the ballpark, <laughs> but uh, definitely going Cuban second, and I, I may have a third hot dog. I mean, this is my first game back. I'm going big. Yeah. But
1: have you heard, have the you bookend
0: heard? hot dog? That's common. So you, there's not always a Cuban in the middle.
1: Do you, do you usually get two dogs at a game? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I haven't done that. I'll, I mean, I'll do a dog to start. And then, you know what I've been into lately at the game? Is the Elotes stand. Oh, yeah? I've never done that before, like, a couple years ago. It's so nice. It's, like, so different. So, I think that's what I'm doing. Dog, Elotes. But my beer, I'm going for the uh, Modelo on draft. That's what I've been getting, like, the last four or five years. That huge... On tap Modelo in the right field corner, in that like Comcast zone where everything is sticky.
0: It's that's a solid bore, that oh, giant yeah. beer. Oh yeah,
1: it's humongous, and it's too big because everyone spills, and that, that entire corner is sticky. Like they've never wiped it down since they built it. Why would they? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> easy over there. That's generations of filth. Um, Okay. Let me give you someone who's disappointed me is Gavin sheets. I, I was hyped for at least, uh, you know, a somewhat a showing he's given very, very little, little to nothing. So that I I was excited and good luck to him. on finishing out spring, but it's not looking like he's getting a roster spot anytime soon. He's got one hit few walks. So good. But, uh, not impressive for Gavin Sheets with the .67, .222, 067 0067 It's
1: it's disappointing because like as inconsequential as he is right now, I don't think it was out of the realm of possibilities for him to make the team. You know the bench isn't set, so if he came out and he like hit five homers this spring, just hit four hundred, tore the cover off the ball and Adam Vaughn or Andrew Vaughn was like not very good. I I think there was a universe in which the Sox would have had to say to Andrew Vaughn, look, we have to send you a, start you a triple A. We have to. And for Gavin Sheets to make the team. And it just didn't happen. But once again I think like you are you care more about Gavin Sheets' career than anyone without the last name Sheets. So I, I admire your commitment to monitoring Gavin Sheets' ascendancy to stardom. I'm in, I'm in for the updates. I subscribe to these updates, but I'm bummed for you that it just hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, when you said that, I was like, man, that's such a demeaning comment to, <laughs> to so many people. And then I thought about it, and I was like, it's probably pretty close to accurate, though. I'm at least in a very small pool of people.
1: <laughs> you, I mean, it has to be like 98th percentile of Gavin I Sheets being
0: it's a it's a sliver, but it's a place you want to live. It's a place I live.
1: I mean, if he if he hits, if he makes the the big leagues and is awesome, that's a good claim you have. Like I was the only Gavin Sheets fan in the city of Chicago for years, and I deserve yeah. some credit.
0: I saw Gavin Sheets do an acoustic set at uh, <laughs> Ginger Man, who's on a Tuesday. No one was there. I was the only <laughs> attendee of that concert.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I would assume um, he made pretty terrible music.
0: Well, you weren't there.
1: Yeah. I guess <laughs> no one else was too.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. But to respond to one thing you said there, I think it would have taken an enormous spring by Gavin Sheets to supplant Andrew Vaughn. Even if Vaughn if he did what he did, which is really well, I don't even think Gavin Sheets like batting 500 with five home runs would put him over Vaughn. Do you? I think they've already like said Vaughn's next, like that's the plan. Like a hot two weeks from Gavin Sheets is that really going to throw everything in jeopardy. Like if you look at the prospect ratings, Vaughn is the better player. So be better for a month. Well, that's, that's an outlier potentially. I, I don't see any world where sheets made the roster. I just, maybe he was on the short list. He's further down on the list because of what he's done.
1: I mean, I don't think the Sox were like looking for a reason to leave Andrew Vaughn off the team. But I think they would have seen it as kind of beneficial. If Vaughn just sucked for a month in spring training, hit a buck twenty, they would have said like send him triple A, manipulate his service time for a year, you know, do that whole thing. So I don't think they were like they I, I think they want him to be on the team. I think they want Andrew Vaughn to start at DH opening day. But if he was a disaster in spring, I think it would have been defensible to send him down. And I think, like, Gavin Sheets, he's not that young anymore. At some point, you have to see, is he going to be a guy who can, like, play the outfield, play first base? Is he going to be someone who has a future as a bench bat in this organization? Why not try him out in April while we manipulate Andrew Vaughn's service time? So that that's, like, I think that was, like, a 15% possibility. And clearly it hasn't happened because Vaughn has just been a superstar. So,
0: so you think... The Sox would entertain a service time manipulation scheme. Are teams still doing that? I, I don't even think the Sox the, haven't done that in the past, have they?
1: They, well, they they signed Eloy and Luis Robert to huge extensions before they like played, but they did, uh, and I guess they brought Madrigal up. I feel like there's a recent example, like an obvious example of them manipulating service time. It's just not coming to me. Um, they didn't have to for Moncada because he already had like a deal from Cuba Abreu all that but I feel like there's an example from the Sox but other teams do I mean the Mariners with that Jared Kelenic kid they're, they, were, they had to like fire their president because he had that like interview where he openly said yeah we're manipulating the service time so other teams do it the Sox are probably better than others but I think the socks are better than
0: others. I think that's going to go away, too, in the next CBA. I think Hopefully, it has to. Yeah. It's just just so, it just makes sense.
1: Like, if you own a baseball team and you want fans to care about your team, you want fans to care about young players, the best thing you could do is call up these young players and have them be good immediately. That's it. Like, kids will buy Andrew Vaughn shirts. Kids will buy uh, Jared Kelenic shirts in Seattle. Like, Generate enthusiasm. Sending him down to Charlotte for six weeks. It's it's just so dumb.
0: It's dumb, but it's dumb that the like backdoor even exists. It's such a short period of time. It's like a month, right? Is it even a month? Is it two weeks? I th-
1: I think it I, I think it depends once you have between like two weeks and four weeks.
0: That's such like if you're the owner, it obviously makes sense to wait in a six month season two weeks to save a year. It just that that loophole shouldn't exist. They close that out, everything's better.
1: It's insane. Speaking of, I say Gavin Sheets just came in for Jose Abreu, so maybe we spoke too soon. Maybe he'll crush a homer. Never know.
0: He Might strike out. You never know.
1: He probably will strike out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want to go into a little bit of fantasy stuff, uh, White Sox fantasy players? Now that people are probably doing their drafts in the next week or two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I, I want to, uh, you know what? I'll save this for the end. I have a correction. I'll just do it now. Gavin Sheets and Micker Adolfo. I praised their power rankings on their rookie uh, prospects on MLB.com. They're actually much lower than what I said. So they're not that good <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> I think I like claim they were both seventies or something. It's like forties or fifties. So. Correct. Actually,
1: you know how Fangrefs does um like projections for anybody who could theoretically make the team, so not just like the starters. They'll have like 50 players, they'll do projections for an organization. They have projections for Mecha Rodolfo where he is supposed to have negative two war this year. I didn't even know that was possible to be that low. And in like not that much playing time. Like they're projecting him if he were to get called up to be one of the worst players who have ever played the game that is not exciting
0: nothing to be excited about there I, yeah it's hard to like keep projecting a negative 2 war because you know you wouldn't be playing if that was your <laughs> yeah. performance
1: <laughs> yeah we That'd project
0: him to get benched quick
1: yeah no no one would be allowed to get in a negative two war I guess Pujols probably did the last couple of years because it's like, what else are we going to do? Bench this Hall of Famer? Even though he's 50? He's
0: not horrible. that bad.
1: He had a couple of seasons recently where he was like really... I think last year he wasn't horrible, but he's been pretty bad recently.
0: I mean, he's also like okay. four years older. we got than a he negative seen. two war on record. Don with the stat knowledge, 2017.
1: Wow. Was it negative two?
0: Yep, right on oh, the dot
1: nice yes mm-hmm. that's awesome i'm wow. so happy
0: his net war on the angels is negative that that's sucks a,
1: if you look at his career like that that has to be the worst contract of all time
0: who is it actually it's a little bit above positive it, it's like- definitely one of the worst contracts dollar per war i'd oh, it, it has to be the the worst
1: yeah that nothing could even probably come close crazy.
0: Yeah, they've gotten like one war out of the deal.
1: <laughs> In like 8 years. Yeah. Well, like yeah. like 10 years, right?
0: 3.3, 2.7, 3. 1.6, 0.8, -2, -0.3, -0.5. God.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. We're anyway. never going to see that again.
0: No. Well, we might. I mean, these crazy long contracts in baseball now. Yeah. What did Springer get? Ten years?
1: Was it? I thought it was like six, like six, six one year something like that. Yeah. All
0: right. Let's get into fantasy, and we're going to talk about head-to-head rankings because I pretty much exclusively play head-to-head. I think you do as well. Yeah. I I know Roto is technically more popular. uh, Is it? That's what I read, like it's the most, you know, generic format, but I don't know anyone who plays Roto, so don't know what to say about that. So let's get started, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at the fantasy rankings, start with the top 100, and then if we have time or want to talk about anyone outside of that, we can, but who would you say the number one Sox player in fantasy is? probably Giolito
1: am I wrong in that ranking
0: it is G- we are using the CBS draft kit right now which was published last week and yes it's Giolito at number 18 $35 auction value that's in a standard $270 uh wow, that much budget, and a 21.6 adp so Giolito top prospect or top asset from the Sox, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Starting pitching is a scarce category. Um, he gives you strikeouts, Indians pitched, wins, low ERA, everything you want. So that makes perfect sense. Are you targeting Giolito, or do you have him as a keeper in any leagues?
1: I am trying to trade for him in our league, Uh I'm going to pester Jason probably every few days with horrible deals until he gives in. Um, but yeah, I really, I really want him. And he's being kept in our league for, I think, maybe like $18. So, I mean, he's on such a bargain deal. I'm mean, going to have to give up a lot. But yeah, I, I love Giolito this year in fantasy. I, I like really, really want him.
0: Yeah, definitely ranked right where he belongs. High, high value pitchy. He's ahead of Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola and behind you Darvish in pitchers. He's behind Darvish really? Yeah, they have Darvish at him. Damn. $2 more. And he's Who's
1: second. Four. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think like who would even be second on the Sox Fantasy because there's so many Is it Eloy?
0: It's another pitcher, Lance Lynn. $27, really? 38th ranked 56th average draft position.
1: I guess in fantasy, Lance Lynn, like he's not going to blow you away game to game, but he's at the end of the season, you're going to have 200 innings, close to 200 strikeouts. Like that's so hard to find a a workhorse who you never have to worry about getting injured.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's all about pitching scarcity with these high rankings. Like if you're doing top 100 players, these guys, Lance Lynn's probably a bit lower, but it's, you know, you want pitching. So, I mean, it. He's not available in any formats I think I play in, but I would target him for sure. He's,
1: he's draftable in our league because he, he wasn't kept in mm. 2019 and we skipped last year. So he's – how much does CBS have him going for in the auction league?
0: 27.
1: Oh, that's Steve. I don't know if I'd pay that much for him. but I, yeah, he's I don't a free think
0: a- I would either. I don't think he would cost that in our league.
1: We have a lot of Sox fans in our league, though. Like I could
0: see mm. – yeah, okay, it yeah. might go to 27. Oh, I should say I have Giolito as a keeper in one league, which is exciting.
1: That's awesome, yeah. Is Eloy the first-ranked hitter, though? Am I wrong on that?
0: It's Jose Abreu and Eloy back-to-back at 47 and 48. $23, 22. Abreu is actually 35 in ADP, and Eloy is 34. So they have these guys ranked below their ADP. Well below. And they had Lance Lynn ranked well above his ADP of 56.
1: I love Eloy there. Like, take away all the At nonsense. 48th, so 48th? Like yeah. Third,
0: fourth. Okay.
1: Right. Because if you're... I mean, take away all the nonsense of, like, actual Eloy. Like, getting injured all the time in the field and just being a nonsensical, silly, silly person. And for fantasy, 30 home runs easy. Close to three hundred batting average, one hundred RBIs. Like th- that's so valuable just to guarantee thirty home runs, and there is possibility for more. Like, would you be shocked if Eloy hit like forty-four home runs this year?
0: I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I don't know if I like either of these guys for fantasy, to be honest. Just because I, I think I like Abreu more. With Eloy in the outfield, I'm not getting any steals. I'm not getting, like, I. you get the power, which is good, but you don't get the RBIs or the runs. So it, I don't know if he's, like, an elite outfielder yet, where, like, I would take him over. Like, would you take Eloy over George Springer, or would you take George Springer?
1: Oh, that's a good question. What I mean I the reason you would take Eloy is banking on Springer getting injured and only playing like 110 games. Yeah. And I think like Eloy there he could lead the AL and Homers this year. That could happen. And how many guys could you really say that about? I'm not saying it will happen, but it could happen.
0: How many so I, guys? Probably twenty. <laughs>
1: Oh well, shit, I was going to say like six.
0: <laughs> well, there's like six on the Yankees alone.
1: Yeah. yeah okay, maybe not my best point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just think home runs are so cheap right now that if you're not getting like athlete stats across the board, if you know what I mean, steals, runs, RBIs, like all that stuff that being a better athlete give you, I don't know if he's worth that at like a thirty-four draft position. Would you take him in the third round? Or?
1: No, oh no way. But
0: so that's where he's going. They have him ranked forty-eight, so you'd take him later. I, I would like, take
1: in the fourth or fifth, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, I yeah, maybe forty-eight is okay. I think thirty-four is average draft position. Is pretty high,
1: but because like you're right about power, like. As awesome as Eloy is at the end of the season, you're going to see like 34 home runs a year, 290 batting average. It is pretty easy to find guys like Jock Peterson and Kyle Schwarber for pretty cheap if you're in an auction league, where those guys can get you 30 homers too. And yeah, it's risky. Yeah, the batting average is way lower, but you can kind of piece together like a Frankenstein's Eloy for a third of the price if you're like an active manager. But I do, even though I do that, even though I do like bargain hunt, I still like just plugging in a star especially because we have five outfield spots in our league like you need a couple guys where it's like i i'm never even going to worry about these guys never removing
0: from my lineup 22 bucks you're paying 22 bucks for eloy
1: uh yeah i would pay 22 bucks for eloy
0: okay i think i would yeah i could be talked into it if i have money 22 is not terrible
1: He is a tough player in fantasy, though, for our league, because that guy is streaky. Like, if you're playing head-to-head, there are some weeks where Eloy just looks like he shouldn't even be playing above A-ball. He's just going to kill you for a couple weeks and go, like, one for 31 with 17 strikeouts. And that's like, oh, shit, I guess I lost those two weeks.
0: He's a hot-cold guy, yeah, where you have a lower average points per game. or Right, score per game, whatever your format is. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it. Actually, I don't know if I would... I don't even know if I'm in the Eloy market this year. So, I'll if I bid over you in the auction, it's just because I'm trying to get the price up.
1: It'll work. I mean, I, I can be bid up pretty <laughs> high.
0: <laughs> I plan on doing a lot of trickery in this upcoming auction.
1: Um, But very quickly, Abreu, I'm not interested at all this year. I know he just okay. went MVP. I'm not interested a tiny bit in him. No, approach.
0: not really. Neither am I. I, uh, I would take him on the cheap. I would at 15, I would take him, but Same. I wouldn't go into the twenties.
1: No. And he will, he'll go for like 27 or something. In There's early. a
0: chance he goes for 30 just yeah. because oh, yeah. like, you know how it is in an auction. Someone gets put up early. They can go for more than their value. Cause people have full wallets and they're excited to get players.
1: For sure let me guess uh, who's next is, is this yeah. a, is this a dumb question but are mocada and luis robert are they close to each other or is one like wildly more valued than the other
0: um one is wildly more valued than the other almost Damn. by double
1: wow okay I can't even guess which one that is. Because in my mind, like I could see them being pretty equal. Is it Luis Robert who's, who's ranked higher?
0: Luis Robert is ranked higher, ranked at number
1: 69.
0: Damn.
1: $17. Because of the steals, okay. I assume. They're probably projecting for like 30 steals.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of excitement in Luis Robert that... Uh, probably doesn't exist with Yown because of 2020, which is probably unfair and uh, a value. Definitely a value for Mankata at this time because, I mean, what have you done for me lately? That's that's how we judge these players and it's up to the managers to find those guys who had bad years, you know, strange, hopefully completely one-off year that, you know, how do you judge those stats? So before well, I, we get into that too much though, let's not skip Tim Anderson at 52. Oh, he's $21, right. 21. 47.4 ADP and I would even say that's an undervalue. I would I would pay up to 25 I think for Anderson, maybe 27.
1: I you yeah, I am not there with you. I love Tim Anderson. I keep getting proved, proven wrong by him every year. And I don't think I'll ever learn. I think every year I'm like, it's going to come crashing down. He'll at 250 with like 11 homers. And he's always a star. So I think this is He's been year, better
0: he, every year. Literally like every year. Three years it. in a row.
1: Yeah. So maybe this is the year where I... Like, it'll be October. And I'll say, yeah, I've been wrong. I love Anderson now. I still think, like, I'm not excited for him for fantasy.
0: He gives you every category. And getting close to elite in every category.
1: I mean, how, yeah. If, if a guy hits three thirty with like 20 homers and 20 stolen bases, that's unbelievably valuable.
0: Right. I mean, that's why of all these guys hitters that we've talked about, I would overpay the most for Anderson just because I don't know. I love having him and he always shows up. He has huge games, huge weeks, uh, I'm a huge fan, so any format I'm targeting in,
1: yeah, I'm not. I will bid him up for you. It's crazy
0: it. to me that you can believe in Yawn constantly, oh, yeah. like, oh, this will be the day that he puts it all together, but you can't get behind Tim Anderson, who <laughs> has been good every year.
1: I mean, that's why I never win. I literally never win because i I have all these lottery tickets. Two of which paying out eight are disasters. And I'm just always high upside and it never works out and I never learn. And I'm never gonna win a chat title. Because I never take Tim Anderson's and I always take Johan Moncadas.
0: Let's talk about uh let's let's do Luis Robert and or Robert and uh Jan at the same time because you have both of them in the league we play together, so we can cover both of them.
1: So how much do they have Robert going for? Because I'm I'm
0: 17 bucks.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Because I can keep, I'm keeping them for like six, I think. So that's terrific. What about Moncada? How much do they have going
0: for? It's like eight bucks. Eight bucks. Really?
1: Oh, wow. Because I can keep them for 18 and I think I was going to. But that seems like it would be a terrible idea.
0: It's up to you. I would not. Just because I'd rather put them on the block and I would pay up to 18 to buy them back. Like nothing yeah. lost. But I
1: guess you can cheaper.
0: probably get him cheaper.
1: Like, Having there's said no way that, he's going for like 20. I'm going to seven. bid
0: 17. If you put him on the block, I'm going to bid 17 and I'm going to. F- no, no, no. I'm going to bid 18 and I'm going to make you pay a dollar more.
1: <laughs> that is such a dick move, but it's the <laughs> because I will pay 19. So you're absolutely right to do that. Oh, damn. Yeah, I would do the same thing if I was here.
0: It's kind of crazy. M- Mankata's $8. Chris Bryant's $10. Like, I would take a chance on any of those guys. They've fallen because of 2020.
1: There is, I mean, that's crazy that Chris Bryant is that. There's no way that he's ever going that low in any league across the country, let alone in Chicago. You're going to have to pay $20 for Chris Bryant.
0: It's absurd. $10. Yeah. His ADP is one fourteen right now. I guess his national value is way down.
1: So that means in in like snake drafts. That means he's going in like the tenth round. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow.
0: Well, third base is loaded.
1: It always is, but I mean, if you're talking like who can hit thirty homers with hundred RBIs and a three hundred batting average. In a free agency year like Chris Bryant. This is the last year before a free agency. He's gonna wanna put up a huge year, like Oh my god, I'm I'm gonna take Chris Bryant in every league if he's that cheap. That's crazy.
0: Do you know who where they have him in the top ten CBS? For third baseman? Yeah.
1: Is it like seventh or something?
0: He's not even listed. <laughs> That's
1: bananas. <laughs> oh my god. That's crazy. Wow. I'm gonna take Mokata and Chris Bryant and put one of them at corner outfielder. Or corner infielder. I can't read.
0: <laughs>
1: um who's after Let me let me look. Is I assume Grandal is next.
0: Liam Hendricks, ninety
1: one. Oh, closer. 30, yeah, all right.
0: Thirteen dollars sixty. His ADP is sixty.
1: Wow. So he's one of the first closers off the board then.
0: I would bet he's probably the first.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess. No, Josh
0: yeah. Hader. We got him. Well, Hader's 56. Yeah. Okay. I have no interest in any closers this year. I'm going with a no closer. Spend no more than $5 on a closer.
1: In our league, that's the move because with holds, like holds get you a little bit of value to get you a few points. There's no reason. If you can get guys who relievers just strike people out and who get used a lot, there's no reason to spend like $20 on a closer. Even like $10 on a closer. It's pointless.
0: They're gonna give you stats, but those stats you can stream. You can stream oh, yeah. holds. And if sure. you have like think about if Hendrix is 13, he's probably gonna actually go for like 15 in our league. If you don't spend 10 extra dollars on a closer and you just get nothing but guys in the 10 to 20 range and a bunch of setup men then you've got more money to spend on better positional players and starting pitchers that you need that don't exist on the streams
1: it is such a bummer though to like stream for holds like we've all been there it's like oh I, i could really use 20 points this week So I'm going to pick up this lefty on the Nationals. And then he gets like one inning, zero strikeouts, a couple hits. And you wasted one of your few acquisitions on the year on this guy who just got you two points. It is such a bummer. So there's the value in getting Hendricks where, you know, he's going to be used all the time. Probably get 100 strikeouts. I will not be drafting him, though.
0: (laughs) Traditionally, I like to get one or two. Usually I go two good closers, but it just hasn't been working for me. So that's why I'm, I'm shifting shifting mentality. I'm spending more money on Premier starting pitching and for sure. position players. I mean, oh, outside yeah. of that, you asked when Grandal is, I think. He is even, he next? No. Well, Mancata's next. Yeah, but yeah, after. He's the... next after Mancata, yeah. Right. 153, $5, 120 oh. ADP.
1: Five bucks only? That's a, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a deal.
1: I mean, a catcher a who can hit like 75 walks and like 20 home runs, that's amazing.
0: I think availability is built into that. Is he Buster Posey now? I mean, how bad is it?
1: It is. A, man, that's a good point because La Russa has been very careful this spring talking about Grandal. Like he said, well, we're you know, we're going to ease him in. He's going to be playing first base in DH. We want to make sure he's ready for the grind of the season. I feel like there's a subtext there about is Grandal just like done being a full time catcher? Is he going to catch like 100 games and play first base like 40? Because that sucks if it's true. But I guess for fantasy, that actually makes it more valuable if he's going to like play more. It doesn't matter if he's a catcher or first baseman or DH. He's in the lineup.
0: Yeah, if we're talking fantasy value, it. Probably raises his value. If oh yeah, he's for a, sure. If he's like catching fifty games and DHing a hundred, playing first base a few, that raises his value big time. You get positional uh flexibility and more at bats in the catcher slot when he's not actually catching. But for the Sox, it's it's awful because oh, we yeah. paid big. We let McCann go. Zach Collins maybe stinks. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. so at that price, though, if you're I- a
0: fantasy owner, love it, love it. But socks, that's a bad sign, yeah. Five dollars, and I don't know, I never really loved that deal, and I'm loving it less every day.
1: I still love it, but I'm ready to turn if my suspicions are true that that there's some injury, age related stuff that where Grindal is going to be a full time catcher, less and less, like right away, and that's a depressing reality. Is uh, well, going back. It to wouldn't fantasy.
0: even be depressing if they would just stop saying, "Well, we signed someone, so we don't have to sign someone else." So we just keep signing people. Yeah. It can't be an excuse. That's my fear. It's like, right. oh, we signed Grandal, so that's that was our move. It's like, well, you need many moves. Look, look around the league.
1: Yeah, like the Cubs signed Hayward, and that contract sucked, and they weren't like, well, sorry, Chicago, we gave it a shot. No, they signed like five more guys. They gave $150 million to Darvish. Is um, is uh, Dell's Keuchel next?
0: He is next, two spots below, 155, $5, ADP, 180.
1: He so they have favorite. him
0: ranked above his ADP.
1: I mean, that's a he's a very boring fantasy guy because he doesn't strike anybody out. But it's one of those guys where like I don't draft and I never win. And people do draft Keiko because he's reliable and they do win. So I probably should start drafting guys like that instead of, spending $4 on Rodan, and he pitches 30 innings and has Tommy John surgery.
0: Or $18 on Mankata.
1: <laughs> right, which I will, I mean, I'm keeping him. There's no mystery. You get
0: Mankata, Grandal, and Keiko for your keep price of just Mankata, according <laughs> yeah. to these. I don't think this is how our actual draft or any Chicago draft would go, but $5 even seems low for Keichel. I think he would go for like
1: 10. I mean, he won the Cy Young a few years ago. Like, he was awesome last year. You're able to.
0: Yeah, I guess it's availability that limits him more than anything.
1: And just like in in a league like ours, a points league, he's probably never really getting you more than 30 points a night, a start. So it's like 19 points a start. Like, yeah, there's value there, I guess, but it's not super exciting.
0: If I can get either of these guys for $5, I'm jumping all over that.
1: Oh, for sure. But like are you paying eleven for Keichel? Then it's like oh boy.
0: No. Well maybe ten. Yeah, actually I could be talked into eleven. Okay. <laughs> well I I mean I think he's like a top thirty starting pitcher, don't you?
1: It depends. I mean he, he is like a very high floor and a very low ceiling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it really depends. It's just that like he relies on luck. Like, are some of those ground balls gonna be uh snagged by Madrigal or something that goes for singles like that's how a guy like that makes his living
0: yeah so it's, it's so hard fair. to project. next on the list is nick madrigal at 190 oh two dollars really? 211 adp wow so they also have him above his adp
1: i love nick madrigal and fantasy, and especially in our league where the rosters are just humongous and you just need guys who play every day who aren't going to kill you who aren't going to put up like negative points magical he's gonna get a hit every day it's gonna happen he's gonna go one for three two for four get you six points ten points a couple singles a run that stuff matters in our league to just have guys who don't kill you surrounded or to have stars surrounded by guys who don't kill you so I think yeah for, yeah I'm he's going gonna hard. contribute
0: in pretty much every category other than home runs and like extra base hits he'll He'll give you value. Oh yeah, runs for sure. Is he going to steal bases? What's the story there? He
1: so in the minors, people said he was fast, and people said he was a good base stealer. But if you look at like his numbers, he gets caught stealing a lot. And I think he is fast. He's just like so short that even if his legs are moving really fast, they're not covering a ton of ground so he might get like 15 stolen bases but get caught 13 times so for fantasy it doesn't matter but in real life like they're probably not going to ask him to run that often
0: interesting i would for two dollars i would take him easy
1: oh i'd take him for 10 10 wow i'm such a homer i uh, yeah i love nick magical all
0: right so i'll bid him at nine
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make you keep them and then I'll go over This whole seven.
0: segment is just for me to Sabotage Don's <laughs> right. draft Which is right. coming up this week That's all we're doing this for
1: Is it? they only Did the top 200 for CBS or do you have the entire Rankings I've
0: got the top 300 And there's only two names left
1: Okay let me see so I Assume I assume Andrew Vaughn is one of them
0: He is one of them
1: I Probably a dollar, right? Like, he's such a question mark. One dollar. Yeah.
0: 241 rank, one dollar, 313 ADP. So they have him like 70 spots up of his ADP. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the other one's Kopec at 263, one dollar, ADP 273. So a little bit above.
1: I mean, drafting Kopec this year is tough because... He's they're gonna limit his innings and you won't really know when he's pitching, so it's like once a week pitching three innings is that really valuable in fantasy, even if they're three good innings? Like, that's not really that good.
0: So, between like, these two guys, in across all formats, I would take Vaughn in more than I would take Kopech, exactly for the reason you're saying you don't even know when he's gonna be pitching or in what capacity, you know, Vaughn is gonna be playing dh pretty much day one day 15 so i mean between those two i would take vaughn in those but in like a keeper format i i think i would take either of them i mean they're both long you know long-term planning sort of guys i mean i I think vaughn could have a very good year but he's young and cheap and in any format you can keep him in He's someone you want, I think. I don't know. Who do you want more of these two in a keeper?
1: I mean, I think in our league, I think Andrew Vaughn, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes for like eight, nine, ten bucks. Even if he's not going to be very good this year, just because you're guaranteed to have him for four years. And if he's a star right away, like that's amazing. Where Kopeck, there's so many question marks with the injuries and with the time off. Like I would go ten dollars because I'm dumb, but most people probably would go like three, I guess. Because yeah, ten be
0: seems time. like a lot. I I would hear up to ten on just because of our rules. Andrew Vaughn for ten, you get that like right away. Andrew, MLB impact and on the cheap contract, yeah, I, I I would hear up to ten.
1: Like if if the auction's going for Andrew Vaughn. And it's like five dollars going once. You're like, oh, six for sure. Like you are definitely bidding six dollars for Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. And then I, there's like half our league is Sox fans, so seven, eight, nine. Like he's gonna go for more than people think.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad bet.
1: No. No, I don't either. So no I one could go
0: up to ten on Vaughn and probably I would cap out. At nah, probably seven for Kopek, I would pay because I'm also dumb. <laughs> I don't, maybe I'd go to 10. I don't let's say 10 for both because I'd go
1: six. five and I could be convinced for 10 for Kopech.
0: Yeah, I'm 10 solid on Vaughn, five to 10 on Kopek. Just because
1: Kopek, like, even if you're thinking, all right, this year maybe he'll get 60 innings, you know, just like. 23 inning relief uh, appearances it's that's fine that's good but then next year as a starter there is potential he's like Jacob deGrom Noah Syndergaard like he still has that potential to be an ace so to lock that down for eight nine ten bucks that's still enormously valuable and worst case scenario he blows out he's not good you release him it's not that big of a deal so I will spend too much money on him and regret it pretty much instantly.
0: Yeah, but everything you just said in keeper leagues and any league, like starting pitching is like truly great. Starting pitching is so hard to find. So when you have someone who's shown glimpses and, you know, has all the, you know, prospect ranking, he's gone down because of the injuries and everything, but it's still there. So you have to gamble for it because. I mean, other than that, like the people in this category, if you're in a traditional draft, you're looking at like Jose Quintana, Alex Wood, Domingo Ger- Her German. Uh Herman. Herman. And Luis Severino, Mackenzie Gore. I might take a I might take Severino above Copec actually for a dollar.
1: I mean so yeah, these are all this fits like these are all enormously talented guys with injury right. concerns. So if he's
0: four yeah. guys like on the way out, yeah. You know.
1: Right. Um, if we want to end with what Kopech did tonight, do you have you seen it or should I uh do i want to tell you right now? Uh
0: I saw that he came in. I can take a. I didn't see it, I can look at the numbers.
1: Yep, kopeck uh pitched an inning today. One hit, two strikeouts, no walks, no runs. Very I solid. Mean,
0: that's what you're looking for. Yeah. He's been another one of those guys in that category I brought up had pitched really well. He's had this is his second inning. Both, I think that's three strikeouts total now. Yeah. Something like that, maybe four. So that's good. It's progress. And, yeah, I'm excited. Them putting him as a reliever, I think, is smart. Take it slow. Got a whole 162 games to figure it out. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that we can wrap it up there. Another great episode. Some epic takes. And the next episode, do you want to do the one where we talk about betting the socks season? Like. Oh
1: yeah. Let's do a, a gambling episode for sure next week.
0: Yeah. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a look at. Some of the lines on wins and win the World Series, win the division, all that fun stuff, and we're gonna say, you know what? Let's let's even put the bets in so that we can put our put our money where our mouths are. We'll do some live betting on the next episode.
1: Good oh boy. All right, I'm nervous. Let's do it though.
0: Well, we got that government stimulus. Let's uh, let's blow <laughs> it all. All right. Thanks for listening.